They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. Appearing for one week only, the Broadway musical, Hold Me Now. I have a picture. Jim, it's pinned to my wall. An image of you and of me. Me? We're laughing. And we're laughing. Yes. We're loving it all. <laughs> but look at our life now. Take a good look. We're tattered and torn. I'm all tatted up, baby. We fuss and we fight. We fight. And we delight in the tears <laughs> that we cry until dawn. No! Oh, hold me now. Whoa. Warm my heart. It's so cold. Stay with me and let loving start. I can't. Let the loving start. This is why we don't star in musicals. They ne- we never got that call for Hamilton, Jim. Didn't we? No. Well, I didn't. Maybe you did. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thank you for uh, joining us on this ridiculous version uh, episode of your favorite podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we uh, well, we shove some leadership nuggets down your throat, and hopefully you can chew them just a little bit within the half an hour that it takes. Listen, it's only ridiculous on the intro. When we get to the guest. <laughs> It's awesome. Thank God they serve. We understand they fast forward. Those <laughs> of you right. that are listening at one and a half you're, speed. You're missing the word. The best The best part. I mean, it's us in the beginning. You are. Listen, we're uh, excited specifically about today's show because this episode is sponsored by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, which is one of America's fastest growing Love real estate brand. brokerage networks. Yep. They've got like 50,000 agents and 1,400 plus offices, and yep. their culture is amazing. So if you're looking to either buy or sell, yep. Berkshire Hathaway, that's a place to go. As always, listen, if you like this show, do us a favor. Take just a second. Not a whole bunch. Not a bunch. Click on the five-star rating. Give us a review. Could be one word. Something like, oh, I don't know, amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's your choice. That would mean a lot to us. It gets eyeballs on the show, keeps us in the charts. And uh, and to be honest, that's how we make money. So it just does. do it, please. <laughs> Speaking of making money, yep. you know, this podcast is obviously free. It's a great yes. way to get some leadership advice. Mm-hmm. But if you want something fully customizable, you want an experience that's different than whether whether it's in person or virtual, yep. we've got the thing for you. We have something called Certified Rockstar, which is really, we call it our edutaining culture and leadership training program. And we've got a bunch of different versions. We've got a half day. Yep. We got a full day. Yep. We got a multi-day mastermind. And now hot off the presses, we have this fantastic interactive virtual version. If you're interested in something like that, you got to go to certifiedrockstar.com. Listen, if you want the guy responsible for the incredible culture and service of Hard Rock International for two decades, that's why you want to hire Certified Rockstar. If you want. One of the top 10 motivational speakers in the country. Well, <laughs> I'm your man, It's baby. not the same guy? Uh, it's not the same guy. 
You're more tactical and practical. <laughs> I am more inspiration. <laughs> we want to come. We want to inspire. We want to make people believe that change is possible, that they can actually achieve more than they have ever achieved, all within creating an incredible culture within your organization to provide the type of service that makes you a rock star brand. That's what we do. So why are you still listening? You should be sending us an email right now just saying, add a zero Let's do this. Let's make it happen. That's what we want. And you know, we do things like that because everything that Brant and I do helps support Cannonball Kids Cancer. That's right. What do do they do? So, you know, oftentimes uh, when when kids are battling cancer, they come to this crucial crossroads that uh, unfortunately there are no options left. There is no treatment available. And so they send the kids home to hospice to spend the rest of their time. And and we don't want to see that happen. And so we support Cannonball all kids cancer and their mm-hmm. efforts to if they can't find a treatment they fund a treatment they actively are out in the medical community looking for for groundbreaking ways to treat these pediatric cancers that receive very little funding yeah and so uh, we donate a big portion of the proceeds of this show to that organization so that they can continue their amazing work please go check them out see how you can get involved it's cannonballkidscancer.org and we know how busy you are too like you've got a lot of stuff going on in your world and just trying to step away and get anything that's going to make your life a little bit better we totally understand which is why we really we're understanding we get it you're probably doing I would bet two things at once you're listening Mm -hmm. to the show but you're doing something Mm -hmm. else and maybe I don't know. You could be right now writing an op-ed piece in the New York Times. Yeah, you son of a... Maybe you're trying to build a castle out of sugar and cinnamon. It won't stand up. Maybe you're wishing you had Jesse's girl. I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Doesn't really matter to us. We just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Let's do it. Bubble. Our guest today is Jasmine Brand who is an entrepreneur, a community change agent, and a thought leader, really, in the media and culture and brand strategy area. And she works with a lot of startups, and we're just so thrilled to have her. Jasmine, first off, welcome to Thoughts at Rock. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Us too. Us too. You know, uh, Brian, you probably don't know this. I met Jasmine at a hospitality industry conference about six years ago called Summer Brand Camp. I've which, been to uh, Summer Brand Camp. Uh, have you been to Summer Brand Camp? Yeah. Oh, okay. Once. I didn't know that. They never invited me back. Oh, well, <laughs> you certainly have done something wrong because, uh, and we don't remember you, but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. There you go. Made a huge impression. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Jasmine actually did make a huge impression. You know, in addition to her session, which had a, a great message, she had a phenomenal delivery, but uh, they still talk about that breakout session because she brought beer to everybody who showed up. What? <laughs> yeah. Beer and ice buckets. It was still the talk of the conference. Amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah. BYOB. BYOB. Yeah. So smart. <laughs> so smart. We've not added that yet into our repertoire, but no uh, buckets of beer, that's next. <laughs> so obviously, uh, Jasmine, we're going to have your full bio posted in the show notes, but just for our audience, we, you know, at least one to point out a couple things I thought was fantastic. First off, you know, Jasmine currently is an investor and head of global marketing and strategy for a Dallas-based startup called Unwind Live, which we could probably talk about. That's a social platform and a media agency dedicated to reimagining the food and wine and travel industries using tech. She's also the founder of The Start, 
which is a creative agency and digital publisher specializing in culturally rich content and experiential events. We do some of that stuff ourselves. And Brand, just a couple of accolades I thought were awesome. She won the uh, Minority Business Leader of the Year Award from the Dallas Business Journal. Cool. She's listed as one of the best of the best in PR marketing by examiner.com. And uh, Houston Urban Media listed her as one of the top 10 Texas women to watch in media. Brant and I won uh, most likely to succeed in high school. So, you know, boom, there's that. <laughs> I didn't get that. You know what I got? Oh, in high you school? didn't get that what? I got class dancer. <laughs> Um, I was a break dancer. Interesting. What do you want? want? We're going to pivot and start talking about this now. (laughs) I did not know that. That's interesting and scary at the same time. I love that she won uh, 10 Texas women to watch. That's fantastic. That to me is like, that's normally, uh, Jasmine, anything we see coming out of Texas is like best barbecue, you know? (laughs) So I love. Well, we do have that too. We have that too, Brad. And that Tex-Mex too. That's it. And margaritas. Margaritas. Yes. She needs to put that on her bio. (laughs) Is there anything else that that is needed? (laughs) Right. She she does it all. (laughs) She She does does it all. (laughs) So listen, Jasmine, we, um, obviously versus the traditional interview style that you might hear in a lot of other podcasts, we try and get right to the heart of what is the, the, piece of advice that our audience is looking forward to. So we're going to turn it over to you. The floor is open. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts that rock. Number one. My thought that rocks is, it's actually a question is, does your audio match your visual? Hmm. Well, my immediate response is, are you talking about Rick Astley? Uh, because that's... <laughs> Or ties on day. It ties on day. I don't know. I don't. Uh, you got to tell us what. Tell yeah, us what more. does that mean? <laughs> you know, it's basically like as the young cool kids would say, "Are you keeping it real?" Right? Mm-hmm. Does, does your social presence and what you portray online match the person or the the brand that you are offline? It's yep. really hard sometimes. We live so much of our lives online that we there's a blurred distinction between what's real and and what's Look for the gram, so to speak. It's, you know, I think that we've seen sort of this culture explode over the last, gosh, three, four years now with Instagram culture and, and the let's, let's put out our version of reality in some way, shape or form that, uh, you know, starts with the fancy cars and the, (laughs) um, I'm always sipping champagne somewhere, or I am always (laughs) dressed to the nines. And, you know, it's, it's how hard is it for, I mean, you do a lot of this brand consulting, how hard is it for you to communicate to people to keep it real and don't try to create this uh, alternate universe of which now you're going to be forced to live in? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's really just thinking about it from what you're trying to build or create. And if you think big picture, that's just not sustainable anyways. I mean, there's only so many bottles of champagne you can pop, right? <laughs> well, I guess maybe that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's tons Let's of try it. Pop, but, <laughs> yeah. but I've always believed this this idea that who you are is the business you create. And I've s- said this for a long time and, and just stumbled upon it myself because in the beginning when I started my business, I really, I, I was from a layoff. I really didn't, I kind of stumbled into becoming an entrepreneur and didn't really have a budget, didn't really know strategy, really didn't know a whole lot. I just started getting on Twitter and started tweeting things I was passionate about and connecting people that way. And I started to realize the business that I was getting was, was not because I was 
a fancy agency. I wanted to be this big agency, I thought. And then after a while, I got a couple of big projects and was like, no thanks. <laughs> I'm trying to kind of be in a small, you know, you know, have my clients and, and be really super creative. Um, and I didn't want that big, big, huge agency vibe. But uh, I was getting business based on all the flaws and the, the not so perfect me. And I was surprised by that because I thought I had to be something and I don't know what an entrepreneur looked like, uh, especially in my family. We, I think I may be the first. To, actually, my dad was. But um, I didn't really have a really good vision of it. So I thought I had to do all these certain things and tweet certain things and look a certain way and realize that people were wanting to work with me just because of me. So yeah. I have tried to translate that to individuals I work with on a personal branding um, planning and then also companies, too, that... You know, if you are a friendly, fun company, that will translate itself online and offline. And if you're a really passionate, authentic person that cares about the people and the work that you're doing, that's going to convey itself offline and online, or it should. And if it's not, that's typically where I kind of come in to kind of help bridge the gap. You know, it's funny. The When I first, when you first said this, I'm trying to think, you know, where would I be able to put that? into context. And, and, uh, you know, I worked at hard rock for 21 years and one of those, the, the co-founders, Isaac Tigret would say on video all the time, what we think, say, and do have to be a hundred percent in alignment, you know, and he, he's basically saying, you know, listen, if, if you say one thing and do something else, it's, it's liar, liar, pants on fire, right? People can see mm-hmm. in a, in authentic a mile away. And, you know, you were, you're talking about some of the flaws that maybe you thought you had as an entrepreneur when you're first starting out. Honestly, don't you think, Jasmine, that that's probably why a lot of businesses were attracted to you? You probably resonated with them because they're going, organizationally, we got flaws. We're, you know, we, we stumble and we have obstacles and I don't need somebody to come in with the, with the, you know, the dog and pony show and make it all slick look. And we need somebody who gets us and in fact is real and authentic themselves. Don't you think that that's probably why you got, whether it was personal branding or the, the, the company clients that you've had? You know what? I really hadn't thought about that, but I think you're exactly right. Um, I also, too, at the time, I really didn't have anything to lose. And I thought, well, whoever I'm working with, and it's probably been my approach too. a lot of times when people ask me for their opinion, they, they're like, I'm nervous to ask you, Jasmine, because you're so straightforward. <laughs> and I think when I didn't have a marketing budget, didn't have an office, it was just me and my laptop. I was like, uh, you know, okay, I could BS and <laughs> sugarcoat this. Yeah. Or we could kind of get to the heart of it. And, and it's, it's easier for us to say it sucks, but we make it better. Like, it's, <laughs> the quicker we can say it's not good, the better we can make it, the faster we can make it better. And so, I think that that approach, just kind of being real, I also, along with me not having, you know, everything perfect and, and not and being a little flawed or imperfectly perfect, as my mom uh, likes to say a lot. Um, you're right. I think that might have been some of the appeal. And it just meant what you what you see is what you get. It really wasn't anything else there. And I've tried to say that that it's OK, even in today's world, that. I, I like to use a filter every now and then. I'm not going to lie, you guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll you, throw a filter on. You might have to me, these days. Though. It's still me. <laughs> exactly. But it's still me. And and sometimes my posting is great. And sometimes it's, it's cheesy and dorky, just like I am. And I think the same thing goes for companies, too. That um, And especially with what we're dealing with and all the different challenges and, and, and what's going on, that this is the perfect time to embrace yep. um, the imperfectly perfect aspect of your business or your brand. 
Yeah. I, I think a lot of the stuff that, um, I don't want to speak for Brant, um, you know, you can chime in, but I think when I'm looking at what I'm putting out there, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, I sort of am taking the same approach, I think, uh, of what you're saying, Jasmine. Although, you know, I don't want to go so business heavy and I don't want to go so personal. Could I have different pages? I could, but I've sort of have adopted many, many, many years ago to engage in personalization. You know, it's one of these Love Jason Seiden, you know, yes. mashup words where you say, I'm going to put myself out there. Maybe for every business post, there might be two or three personal ones. I'm not really thinking in terms of the ratio. I'm just thinking, I just want to put all of myself out there in one place and let people mm-hmm. take it for what it is. Brant, you have a look on your face. Are you thinking what was about that word? What was the word? Personalization. The best uh, word ever. It, it takes a while, but you can get there. <laughs> I don't even know that I can say it. You can say edutainment. Perfersonable? Yeah. Personalization. Personalization. Good Lord. There's like, throw a vowel in that. That's going to be in the show notes. You know, <laughs> with our to. own Wikipedia. I don't even know how to spell it. So, Jasmine, my question is this. I, I um, How do you balance perception, right? Because we both know perception is incredibly important. And yes, you want to keep it real as much as you can. But at the same time, especially now with, with so many divisive things sort of out there that, that you can like mm-hmm. pick, pick your poison, if you will, and just say, what, what is it that you want to talk about that could create a either or, right? There's, there's so little this and happening right now. There's so many people who are trying to divide us in so many different ways, whether it's mm-hmm. political reasons or it's brand reasons or whatever the thing might be. But, but how do you stay true to yourself um, but at the same time, manage a perception that is not going to lose you business. Does that make, I don't know. Is that yeah, the best way to say that? No, it totally does. You know, I always think of my post and I definitely from the seat and school of thought from the professional, I just assume that all my posts are going to be seen by both clients and friends. Now, recently I have gone, I've gone off a little, <laughs> Of something. In fact, my sister was like, you've been on Facebook more than like the last week that you have in a year. I was like, I know crazy times. But for the most part, I, I, I try to live my life and my business as one. Mm-hmm. So I don't do separate posts because anybody, because I've, I've built my career as this kind of really fun, unique blend of both my clients have become friends and my friends have become clients. Mm-hmm. So I just put out things that I believe in that I, that are true to me. Uh, but I'm not ever afraid of a client seeing something or a, a friend seeing something, think, oh, you're posing too much business or client saying, whoa, that was not very professional. So I think it's, it's, it's adopted a new frame of mind, a mindset, right? When you just think about we no longer in the separate world, everything, it should be blended and mixed together. Yeah. This is the way the world works. And social media, it's like when you have a private social media account. I feel like that's almost kind of defeating the purpose of what social media is. You have to kind of be all in. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know if you have children, you don't. You can, of course, set up something private. But if you're ever thinking where your your personality, your brand might might be a way for you to connect to opportunities, to revenue, or whatever, then you kind of have to open yourself up and put yourself out there. But knowing the fact that is, if, if all my content I'm comfortable with a client or, or you know, a friend seeing it, then that's been the best way to do it because it gets too hard to say, okay, 80%, that's, you know, the rule, a lot of people go by 80, 20 rule. Okay. 80% should be about the business. 20% should be about things outside the business that does work, but then it starts to feel kind of, um, 
robotic and you start to to almost start to lose what to say yeah. as opposed to just saying this content is just going to be for everyone um and i don't i won't feel uncomfortable if if and and i'm hoping that my content brings those two worlds together sometimes which is a little controversial i've had some clients especially in the conservative world that have uh especially uh, maybe like a law firm i was just working a law firm not too long ago and they and certain industries are not always the most conducive for every social platform, sure. right? Doesn't mean you can't come to the social media party, but like you, you can't. You, I think it's a connection of the right platform. So certain conservative industries or, or service-based industries, yes, I think you know you've got to kind of coordinate and create a platform that works best. But you can still be social. It's just a little bit different than than you know if it's your own individual personal brand. If that makes sense. How do you coach your clients? on things that they perceive to be moral issues. That's what I want to know. It's one thing to manage a brand and it's another thing to sort of figure these things out. And most of us are fine where, you know, we can do that. We can walk the line and, and know that the, the deeper you head towards one side or the other, the more you're going to sort of divide the people who might pay attention to you. Um, but when it comes to something that is perceived by one of your clients as a moral issue that they can't let go, that they can't watch mm -hmm. something happen and not say something, right? And I've had this happen recently several times where I don't like engaging um, on posts on anything that is, that is too, I want to, I want to have a conversation with somebody, right? I want to talk to them face to face. Sure. I want them to see me so that they can understand the context about what I'm saying and know that I'm not trying to be, you know, I don't want them to read something into it that it's not there. Um, but when that's the case, I, I've seen some of these things that they're, they're just flat out wrong. Um, not opinion, mm -hmm. just morally wrong. <laughs> and if I don't say something, it will eat at me the rest of the day. <laughs> I have to say yes. something. How does, how do you coach your clients on doing that when, when it could be a really divisive topic? You know, I think it's social media is and the platforms we have are another communication tool, just like email and phone and, and talking to someone on the phone. I, I always remind people though that what you post or tweet lasts forever yeah. and if it's that important for you i think putting the post out is a temporary kind of pleasure you feel good in the moment but like if you're really that passionate about it i and i just spoke with i had a, a woman a client that i was working with that owns um a really popular uh, salon a couple salons here in dallas and she's very passionate about uh some things going on right now and my whole thing was, once you do that, it's kind of like when you eat a whole bag of chips. It, it's, you know, at the beginning, you're like, this is delicious and great. I'm, I'm My serotonin level's off the chain. And then as soon as that bag's empty, you're like, I'm a horrible, disgusting <laughs> person. And you can't go back because those chips are gone. And then you go throw the, the bag away and hope nobody sees you and knows you sat and ate that whole bag of chips. It's the whole thing. It's like temporary versus like long term, right? So. If you need that kind of instantaneous pleasure, I would say, I would think about what's the bigger picture. So she was really passionate about this cause and said, let's think about how to, to affect change so that you feel like your voice is heard, but it's not in a, and it's not in a way because social media is like a snapshot. Yeah. And, and I've actually just had this conversation with a friend of mine. He's super conservative. I'm probably in between. And we had an offline conversation and he's like, I said, you know, your post was just kind of off putting. And then, he kind of gave me some context though. And I said, yeah, this is a reminder for me too, that social media is just, a, it's like a snapshot in our lives. And 
we have to now some people you can you can tell who they are <laughs> by their social media content but I, for the most part I always give people kind of the, the understanding grace that we're all just trying to figure it out and every now and then we post something that may not be the best but social media is just another platform tool if you're really passionate about something I think you figure out how to affect change because just doing a post is, is almost like getting your voice out there but it's not really going to do anything for you long term what kind of chips were they because <laughs> that might make a huge doritos. difference no, doritos, doritos, doritos yes yes it's, you know here, here's my mm-hmm. challenge jasmine and this is uh, this is me being real with you it, it, you know if somebody if i read right now anything on social media from someone who says covid19 is a hoax i am mm-hmm. i immediately put you in the this person's an idiot box and it's really hard for me to look at them any other way than to feel like I have to talk to them like they are a kindergartner because I have a hard time. I can't use logic. I can't, and if I can't use logic, what's left? Listen, I'm right here. I just, sorry. You should have said something I'm offline. Sorry. I'm staring at an intervention. I am, Jasmine, so you know, I, I am feel very staring at Jim very intently right now. I'm in a box of deplorables. I'm sort of through him. To the bookcase behind him, uh, but but it is so hard for me. so I you know I know that especially as a speaker you know that we are our brand right and so I have to yes. be I have to keep that in mind that if I come out with something incredibly divisive that the chances of a client or a potential client seeing that that might feel differently just check me off their list mm-hmm. now there's a part of me that goes well I got to feed my family so I don't want to be wiping away opportunities but at the same time I've got to speak the truth and and if if yeah. I lose a gig because I've spoken the truth then so be it I believe God will take care of that and somewhere down the line mm-hmm. he's gonna he's gonna make sure that I find something that I didn't even know existed but I'd look at this mm-hmm. when people who and I just had this conversation the other day with someone who they were like well you know my 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 boss basically just told me that he believes that the whole coronavirus thing is just a, a, a elaborate hoax and I'm like mm-hmm. how are you working how are you working for a yeah. dude who feels that way because you can't say anything to someone if that's where they start from so how do you manage your brand mm-hmm. in that environment yeah, you know, um, so in general, I always say pause before I you post, and mm-hmm. and are you the, will this you know in a year from now will you still stand by this and are you fine if your conviction says yes and I say go for it right like it has to who you are is the business you create. I've actually posted some things that I feel very strongly about um, because they they are part of who I am and and the business I've created and the life I've tried to lead and I normally am quiet. And I think that suggests that there's certain things that happen in life. A pandemic's one. I think all the social injustice that's taking place. It's almost like if we don't hear your opinion um, or don't hear your stance um, conversely, then we we almost wonder kind of what type of business you have. Mm -hmm. And I think there's certain issues and certain um, things that happen to our society that are so massive and so huge that, yes, I think it's important for people to understand kind of where you stand. I do think that I have to have respect, and this is me speaking as a founder and entrepreneur, and this is why I started my own business so that I'd have the freedom to, to control of how to build a company how I wanted to, was that I only want to do business with people that I have respect for. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to have matching uh, beliefs, but kindness, uh, you know, compassion, 
um, empathy, understanding are very important for me. And I think you can have those regardless of what side you're on. A statement like COVID being a hoax is not to me understanding or empathetic. So therefore, that would not be in alignment with the type of friends or colleagues or clients that I would want to do business with because it's not coming from a place of empathy. I always try to hear everyone's size and opinion, but certain statements are just stupid. So, <laughs> and you have to kind of make a decision on who you want to do. But I think it's being very true to your own core values. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, that means you're going to lose some friends or clients. I've never unfriended people on Facebook. I hate to do that. And I've unfriended probably five or six just because of the toxicity of yeah. their, it's, it's not in alignment with those kindness, you know, understanding, empathy, like, I don't really have to have the same view for you, but if you don't come from one of those three principles, yeah. it's something that we won't we won't ever do business or hang out or have a beer anyway. So I shouldn't have sent that box of cocoa <laughs> puffs to this person who I've said <laughs> crazy for cocoa. Dude, you are cuckoo for cocoa puffs. You better eat this whole box. Eat the whole box. And I did right after the that's chips. That's exactly right. I, I think you're. <laughs> You know, that that um, mentality is so spot on. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And I think there's a difference between how you talk about how you're posting some of those thoughts, those feelings that you have in Brant, the same thing for you. I think for your passion, if you're committed, if you want to talk about these things, that's different, I think, than somebody which kind of going back to your initial thought about does your audio match the visual, you know, in the era where there's either videos or online articles or somebody that said something a few years ago in some social media post that maybe let's say they're a politician or a celebrity or, or maybe even a future employee, because that's becoming a big deal. The, the stuff that they say, as you said, lives forever, right? So if you, let's say, say something today, but you did something else or said something completely contrary to that in the past, that's going to catch up with you. You're going to have to face the music. So I think there's a difference between you being very authentic and being passionate about the things that you believe in and want to take a stand for versus somebody that is saying one thing and and doing something else and they get caught. And then they wonder why it's such a big deal that people want to be, you know, venomous or push back or, or look for some real change because of something that you did. So and and the reason I bring that up is I think that's a perfect segue because, Brent, we already started talking a little bit about perception. I think this fits perfectly with our thought. What is our thought that rocks? Our thought that rocks this week comes from Byron Katie, who Love her. is an author, for those of you who don't know, uh, responsible for something called The Work. And uh, the thought is this. Thoughts that rock number two. Reality is always kinder than the stories we tell about it. <laughs> now, I, I sort of read this and um, I had I had mixed feelings. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. Because on in one way, I look at this and say that our perception can really pollute the stories um, we tell about reality. But the other side is that the truth resonates at its own frequency for me. And so when I look at this and see something that says reality is always kinder than the stories we tell about it. I I guess what I want to know first is what each of your opinions is on that, because I've got sort of a specific um, scenario that I want to run by you both uh, when you're done. So I guess my first question, Jasmine, is how do you feel about that statement? Reality is always kinder than the stories we tell about it. You know, I when I read that, I, I marinated on it for a bit. So I was like, huh, that's a really interesting uh, thought. And I and I think you can interpret it in a different couple of different ways. I interpret it from maybe a 
the from my experience um, working with so many different brands, and I, I have been called sometimes a brand therapist in a way because I think if we talk about this idea of who you are as a business you create, if you come from any kind of challenging, any if you've had to overcome adversities or if you've had any any things in your life that have shaped your your viewpoints, that's going to shape the business you create too, and yeah. so. I think I've read that to be that we are sometimes really hard on ourselves, even thinking about, you know, doing it for the gram, this idea that our own reality is not, it's not good enough, um, that it's not, it's not, that we have to inflate it in some way. Um, and sometimes who we are is actually just as good as, as the, the images or the business we so-called uh, portray online. I have a friend of mine, um, she is always posting these images of, of these really romantic, sexy um, <laughs> uh, things happening, but it's never her husband's in the scene. It's always like, so the last one she posted. Was what's like what's her handle? What's her, name? what's her handle? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I go, and of course, me, I was like, that's nice. That'd be great if I'm sitting there working by myself eating Chinese food uh, that's been in my fridge for two days. I'm like, ah, oh, that would be nice to have that, you know, a bathtub of roses. But then I, started, right. I went This back crab rangoon ain't going to eat itself. I went back and looked, and I said, she's painted all these really amazing pictures. I said, well, where's the dude at? Because I said, where's her husband? That's one. And two, I was like, if I had a bathtub with candles and roses, I wouldn't really be focused on taking photos. I'd be worried on <laughs> the bathtub and, and, like, in that night, right? Yes. So I, I – and I asked her about it, and she, she actually – I said, uh, how are you? Is everything okay? And I, I guess I've been told I have a way of asking these questions. And she just started crying. And she goes, yeah, we're actually not doing that great. And I go, really? Because I said, basically, your social media, you know, I thought you guys were doing well. And she goes, no. She goes, he hasn't been home in, in like a, a month or two months. And it, it really kind of, I was like, wow, she is painting what she'd like to have. Yeah. But her but it's not really where, where she's at. So I think that's maybe being just really hard on ourselves and saying that who we are in our reality is actually okay. And that we don't have to create all these stories that I think the closer we get to, to accepting where we are, the closer we get to actually living a fulfilled life. Mm, I agree. I agree. And, and I think you're right. I think, you know, we, I think people in general do exaggerate, you know, they, they blow things out of proportion. They let their, feelings control their actions in a lot of way and Brant would have known this um you know Byron Katie is actually one of my favorite authors because she has put out a ton of great like quotes we could probably just use her thoughts honestly the 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 rest of the year one of the ones that's always uh resonated with me she said uh, you can only see what you believe nothing else is possible which is also interesting for me because I do say from the stage and I write about this as well in my book, I think that everything is learned behavior. I think everything, the way you are, unless you physically have some sort of a chemical imbalance, you know, take that out of the mix, but everybody else, the way you are is what you learn from your parents and your school and your friends and the playground and religion and lack of religion and whatever. By the time you get to be an adult, you are the way you are and you only have learned a a certain way. And I think about whether it's how I treat other people or what I believe in, you know, again, if you want to go religious or if you just want to say, you know, maybe about the, the environment, whatever it is, you learn that from somewhere. The, the really good leaders, the smart, competent people who have the ability to step back and go, 
I can be changed. You know, I have the, the courage to question what I believe. And in fact, I could learn something different. I think that's when you get people that break out of the mold. These people that break out of whatever the environment that may have been negative in their past, they have the ability to step back. Um, maybe because somebody uh, provided them a, an opportunity or a, a different pathway, or maybe they just studied and said, what else is out there that I can take a different path than what I've learned? And so I, I, I guess I'm looking at the the thought again, Brant, and saying, you know, it's never as bad as we make it out to be. The reality is what it is. That's the fact. But your perception, yeah. what you believe and what I believe, we, yeah. we can see the exact same event, hear the exact same story. And I think it's amazing that we could totally come up with different experiences, totally different perceptions based off of our belief. And so I, I try not to judge too many people by what they believe and unless it's completely factual and correct, like what you're yeah. saying. But, yeah. you know, I do see people that get riled up about it and they make it bigger than it is. And you know what? Reality is going to settle all this at some point down the road. So I, I'm just sort of throwing that out there, Jasmine. I mean, you sort of had that same mentality and I'm in agreement with you. For me, totally, and this is Jasmine. This is really how I, why, why I had some trouble. I think processing this thought um, is so. I, I went right to you know reality is always kinder than the stories we tell about it. So my my brain immediately focused on the stories, mm -hmm. right? And so like I'm thinking about you know Jasmine, uh, our, my oldest son when he was 14 was diagnosed with cancer, and it was this harrowing thing that he survived, and and we are thrilled with that. But during that moment, during that moment where you get the news that your child has cancer, right? Um, I I sit here and I sort of that's what's that's what was going through my head when I read this. Reality is always kinder than the stories we tell about it, and and part of it for me wanted to just call bullshit. I'm like I I don't know that that's true, um, because the reality is that he has cancer. And so when I sat there and I read this, I looked at it and I went, well, if I tried to really be honest about it in that moment, the reality was he was diagnosed with cancer, but the stories that I was telling myself were in the future of what if he doesn't make it? What if this doesn't work? What if the bone marrow transplant doesn't take? What if, and I'm, I'm, I'm telling myself all of these future things that aren't truths they're just future things that could or could not come true and and or i'm going to the past and trying to remember anyone i've ever known who's had this that has survived or not made it or trying to twist the story as to what that might look like from the past so i guess i could make an argument that the reality was kinder in that it was just a diagnosis at that point and we didn't know anything else um but it's hard for me to look and say reality is always kinder because I know there are people out there who are, are really struggling right now and the reality sucks. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. if the reality sucks, how can it be kinder than what, what, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I have a really hard time wrapping my brain around that. Um, if I'm not just, if I don't detach myself and look at it from a, from a objective standpoint to say, I guess I can understand that meaning that we have a tendency to, to blow things out of proportion maybe, or, or put our eggs in a basket that, that might not even exist in the future, or we beat ourselves up over bad decisions from the past. And so we try to figure out a way to right a wrong that you can't. And so the reality is just live in the moment, be in the present because the present is reality. Mm -hmm. And if the present is what it is, then, then it's usually kinder. Um, 
than than the stories we tell about it. Maybe if she said reality is usually kinder than the story that we, I would I would have an easier time agreeing. But when I see reality is always kinder. I, I just don't know that I believe that. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's the, I, the scenario. I think it's your perception too, but I also think it's perspective. And what's interesting about COVID-19, you know, I um, have got lots of friends that have uh, suffered uh, really from a business perspective. And I, and I was just looking at some of the stats and um, who's been affected and specifically, you know, I mean, there's been so many businesses that will not return back. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we, it seems like this horrible time. And for many of us, it is a really horrible time. But I also know that with our adversities, it's, it's typically when some of the most brilliant um, times we have yep. happen. Yep. And also our connections are stronger, too. It's sometimes we need things to be so extreme to get our attention, is what my dad used to always tell me, <laughs> because we're just... We're running around like a little hamster on a wheel, moving so fast. We start to get caught up in all these material things, and um, we forget about what what the meaning of what life is and what love is and connection. And so I think we sometimes in this we have this this for start so that we can pause and think about: Am I living a life that I truly want to live? Am I building the kind of business that I aspired to when I first started? And the people, do I really honestly honor and support and celebrate the people that are in my life? And I think COVID-19 has um, afforded us the opportunity to pause and stop and say, all these material things, were they worth it? Um, and, and do I really actually enjoy the work I'm doing? Um, or do I feel like I, I should be doing something else? And it's not always pretty either, you know, when we get these kind of revelations. And they, if they were pretty we wouldn't have, they wouldn't, we wouldn't have change. And just like some of the conversations that are very necessary for us to have, they're very uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh, on both sides, but they have to be uncomfortable in order to have any sort of change. So I kind of, I think I'm going to stick with Byron <laughs> and think that it, it has to be this absolute, because I think if we were to bend it, I mean, that's kind of what I think the the forced thought of it is, is what affects change. It, it is kind of an all or nothing thing because it's sometimes out of our control because it's, there are many beautiful things happening at the same time that really ugly things are happening. And I think that's just life. And it's just a matter of us. How do we kind of navigate um, and move forward with it, but appreciate truly what life is about. And so I think it's just it's one of those kind of processes that it's not going to be fun are pretty, but it doesn't mean you can't have something really amazing come out of it. I have a yeah. best friend right now that's got leukemia, and he, um, I'm very afraid for him because his immune system, and so he's kind of been just inside for a long time. But he's been writing this epic, funny, brilliant book. Um, when he reads me pieces of it, I'm just like, this is hilarious. And it's only because he's been stuck inside that he's been able to yeah. do this. He also has really started to look at his health and change it and i hate the fact that it has to be as a result of him having leukemia and the fact that we've got you know this pandemic but just looking at the silver lining of it I, this book is going to be amazing and, and it could open up another perspective of life he had never really considered that's awesome. another form of reality honestly well and if you you know feel comfortable later on you can share you know that that person with us and we'll put that in the show notes just to see if we can't put some some eyeballs a little bit more on on uh, him or her but i, I do yeah. think that everything that you're talking about is you know you take out 
the, the, the number of deaths, you take out the heartache and the businesses. I, I do believe that this is a little bit of a global reset that you're right. There's going to be something magnificent that comes out of it. Maybe stronger than we were ever before. And, you know, it, it's tough to hear that for people that are suffering in any way, shape or form, but life has always been like that. And I don't want to be dismissive. I just, I want to look at it with a silver lining like you do. And, you know, it, it reminded me of, and I'm going back to this whole perception thing uh, th- that's in her her quote here, because I do think perception is deception in a lot of ways that people might have a skewed viewpoint. But if you have the ability to step away and think differently and not just be so ingrained in your constant belief, because there is something, you know, there's something to be said about conviction, but I can have my mind changed. And I just, you know, the, the church that I attended to the most as an adult actually had other classes on other religions. You know, sometimes they were taught by 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 people of of that specific faith. And it could be, you know, Catholicism or Hinduism or Muslim or Christianity or or atheism, Buddhism, whatever it is. And and versus being one hundred percent indoctrinated by the one thing that I was raised in, I could study and choose what worked for me. And I think if people were able to just I guess it's easier said than done, but somehow hold on to those emotions. Like you said, that that temporary pleasure, right? And think holistically and pick and choose the things that make the most sense. You know what? You, you might actually have your mind changed. You might see it from a different perspective, and that would be cool. And I think that would make just our, our lives so much easier versus going all in one way or the other, and it has to be this way or, or the other. And I think that's where that quote, the reality is always kinder than the stories we tell about it. You know, it's going to shake out on the end, but how much stress, how much strife do you want to go through by just sticking just wholeheartedly to your guns and saying my perception's the only way, right? There I think it's too just that we're not by ourselves either. You know, the, the other piece is that uh, we, a lot of us are operating really individually. We appear to have networks and communities, but we, we really haven't really um, open ourselves up and say, Hey, I need help. Like it's very hard for a lot of us. So I think, uh, reality can be sweeter. And, and I think even despite the challenges, when we just say we need help, because there's people that honestly want the best for us yeah. and want to help, but you have to know we need it. So that might be the other lesson too, is that when you hit rock bottom, know that a bottom always goes back up, but that you have to ask for help because there's always someone or something that wants to help you there too. And sometimes maybe being forced into something that's really challenging is the time where you actually face with that, that you can't do it all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I mean, we could talk to you all day. <laughs> She's a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> actually, um, are you still doing personal branding anymore with all this, uh, the, the startup and entrepreneurial work you're doing? Yeah, I, I um, do. I'm probably working with three individuals right now. And it's just decided. And what's interesting is the two of them had companies and now are, are worked for corporate America. And now it's kind of going off into their own thing. And how do you translate that? And how does it come off in a seamless way? So, yeah. Awesome. Great. I, I have a, uh, a friend, a co-host that I would like to send, <laughs> send your way. <laughs> where, where can uh, people stay connected with you? This, but the world is flat. <laughs> did you know the earth was flat? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Where, where Jasmine can uh, people stay in touch with you or, or just learn more about uh, the things that you're doing 
Yeah, um, I they can if they're online, they can go to jasminnoebrand.co, um, and that's just a little bit more information about me. And if they do want to chat or um, kind of want to see what I'm working on, that's a great place. And then I'm on every social channel. I'd say I, my Instagram game is not that great. Uh, <laughs> I try. There's my the stories, reality. Though, like, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> my stories, I feel very comfortable in the stories because it goes away after 24 hours. So if it's dorky or cheesy, I feel very liberated in the IG stories. So find me there. Um, and then LinkedIn is one of my favorite tools and Twitter, of course. So it's just Jasmine Brand. So. Awesome. Well, we uh, we love what you do. I know it's been a, a few years since we've touched base, and we, we need to make sure that doesn't happen. We, we'd love to stay in touch Definitely. with you, and uh, hopefully our audience will check you out and uh, just follow along in your journey. But you're killing it in uh, in Texas, and uh, I'm sure that influence just uh, you know reaches far beyond that. We're, we're just thrilled that you spent some time with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You got it. We'll Thanks, talk to you soon. Rock on. Hey, rock stars! Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler speakers. But now it's just me. Brant is on his own. So to hire Brant, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock, rock on! on.